tune at the band as we ponder the question, what the fuck is up with Mark Jindrak? For it is another episode of the Sweet Chinwag Podcast. I am Sam alongside Dan and Reardon and Melee, maybe, pending, uh, as we continue our journey from the wacky world of professional wrestling. Good afternoon, chaps. How are you doing this week? I'm all right. I'm just... Life goes on, I keep on trucking, and I'm glad to be here in the podcast while I slowly fall asleep. Uh, uh, no, nothing to do with you. The episode? Nothing to do with you or the, or the quality of your work. I am just dying inside, tired, so that's okay. Oh, ain't that the truth? Ain't that the truth? <laughs> it's been a bad Amen. Week as well. a very long it has week. been a long week. How's, I mean, is, is it been, for you, Dan? Uh, it has been. I mean, it's been one of those things of where, like, now I finally have time to do stuff. I actually have to do all the stuff. No, that sounds about So, right. like, you're there and you're like, oh, yeah, cool, I have all this time. And then you're like, I have to use it to do the boring stuff. <laughs> so that's been, most, that's been most of my week. It's been boring stuff. <laughs> Oh, man. As for me, I'm very excited, uh, very hyped, as we are well on the, on the road of getting Joseph's next video done. And uh, mm-hmm. I don't want to spoil too much about it, but um, I'm excited. It's going to be a good one. I can, I can, I can tell. I can feel it. Oh, it's going gonna to cook. It's cooking. It's cooking. I know. <laughs> um, if Joseph... IQ and now Dan and Reardon's reactions are anything to go by. Um, I think I done did good, guys. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the boy done good. <laughs> but that's every, that's for everyone to listen and everyone to look forward to in due course. Uh, but we got to get there first, anyway. Um, we give you this podcast thanks to those lovely people over at SoundCloud, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, and forever pending other platforms. Guys, like how some of us are waiting to see whether Melee is arriving, we are always pending, no matter all the circumstance. Oh, goodness. <laughs> goodness gracious. Um, yes, before we get on to our... Um, I'm not even going to say retrospective, more of a... Of a open of a, question, of, of a pondering, question, an exploration, if you will, an exploration into the into into Mark Jindrak, the wrestler. It is time to visit Dan for this week's wrestling news. Dun, 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 dun. Wrestling news. Oh, <clears throat> what a yeah, what an incredibly um, strange <clears throat> week it's been. Yeah, it really has been. Um, I feel like it's probably best to start with WWE because that's where like the the big stuff has happened. So uh, the Rock is back. The five hundred dollar shirt has no sleeves, so I guess it's what like a three hundred dollar shirt now. I don't. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, hundred dollars per sleeve. I don't, I don't know. know. I think it's still five hundred, but it should be three hundred. But inflation is a thing. May I just say that's, <laughs> yeah, that's, that's true. Did that, did that shirt have any collar as well? I don't think it did. Probably, I don't know. He was wearing a granddad. He was a five hundred dollar <laughs> granddad shirt, basically, is what he was wearing. Um, 
He's looking like the flashiest uncle at the function. No. Um, <laughs> he's invited to the uh, Um Yeah, he's here. He's talking about stuff. I'll be honest, I don't really understand what's going on. I haven't really been paying attention because I can't lie. Anything bloodline related, I've just kind of checked out of. At this point, like he, he's gone back to the bag of tricks of, uh, uh, of, of, of offending uh, the, 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 the city, which is hosting uh, that <coughs> SmackDown, uh, as well as ho- as well as berating and mocking the local sports teams. Uh, as well. I mean, to be fair, right? Look, let's be real. That's what The Rock was always best at. Yes. Yeah, like, that is... How that's dare it. he besmirch the legacy that... of Carl Malone and the Utah Jazz, I'm just saying. <laughs> I mean, I mean, besmirching the legacy of Carl Malone is very easy. Yeah, I was going to say. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, um, no, like... I I I I'm 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 glad that finally uh, Rock has noticed that he cannot hang in today's promo game. <laughs> he has given he has given up the ghost, and I'm very happy that he has accepted and done that. Um, I I just I just don't understand. I just don't understand how it, how it's all. I mean, like obviously this is this is because I haven't watched any of it. This is coming to me through clips and like screenshots and whatever I'm seeing, but like. Is 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 this what we're doing now? Is the the rock is now a part of the bloodline, and it was there because he he was there because like he is tangentially related to Roman. <laughs> I mean, remember by oath, blood brothers by oath. I mean, yeah. I, I mean, like per per you know the bloodline. I guess like he I mean he is a part of the bloodline, so. Like literally, so I guess he is. You know what I mean? I yeah, but like th- this is more it's just coming from like a, a wrestling sense. Basically, all this was was a big diversion to go around a roundabout and then take the ex- exit you could have taken anyway. Yeah, it's a weird one. Like we've just we've just ended up in the same place we were in before, but after taking a little bit of a scenic route. It's a weird one as well that the the supposedly. Uh... This all this has all come about because um, investors and advertisers actually is the reasoning why if they see the rock yeah if they see the rock being booed um, investors and, and, and Hollywood execs might actually get the wrong idea of running pressure and people look like oh what with um, what happened with the the whole fallout of Black Adam. And the box office bomb that became a lot of people I mean, to be fair. a lot of negative press on the rock. So the rock was like, if I turn heel, then that means oh no no no, they're meant to boo me. But the thing is, right, is that I this might be one of my this might be one of my favorite film stories, second only to the one of Tom Cruise being shot from a low angle. But <laughs> the the thing of Rock not wanting to lose fights in film so he doesn't appear weak is just like so wrestling carny. It's oh, that unbelievable. is no, that's yeah. unbelievably carny. <clears throat> it's like he he's saying I gotta look strong in a film, brother. You are not you are not being booked in matches right now. You don't, my brother in Christ. You don't need to do this. Yeah, we gotta make we gotta make Dwayne look really strong. <laughs> it is one of the most incredible little bit tidbits out there. As for the as for the rock, I mean, 
it's the only thing they can really do, At right? This point, yeah, I feel like yeah. it's the only thing they they. It's only they've been backed up into the corner that they have to do that. Otherwise, yeah, like what are we doing? Like, I, yeah, it's like I can't really begrudge them for making like if you're making the correct decision on this. So I'm just like, yeah, okay, that's that's basically what you have to do. We'll just see how this goes, I guess. But like you, you get what I mean when I say like, yeah, it's the right move. But like, did the decision have to happen in the first place? Oh and yeah, in no, the it's, most it's, haphazard way possible. <laughs> like, like... It's not, no, it's the right move in a very dumb wrong situation. That that's such a nice way of putting it. Because <laughs> yeah. I'm like, I'm just. I feel I very much feel like the bloodline that started to become this like Ouroboros storyline mm-hmm. where it, it is very literally eating itself and I feel like at this point any resolution we get might be unsatisfactory <laughs> I don't know I, I can't tell if if people genuinely enjoy it or not I don't know. I feel like because, like, I, 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 I can, I, I get from my from the friends in my wrestling group chat that they, they, they do enjoy it and they engage with it, and that's fine. If that's what they enjoy, that's what they enjoy. <laughs> but equally, I mean, maybe, maybe this is just a consequence of being in the wrestling Twitter sphere. But like, there's a, there's like a level of sincerity. I don't know if I can sense. Well, like, I can't tell if people are enjoying this or if they're just defending it for the sake of defending it. Mm. I don't know. Answers on the postcard, please. <laughs> hey, in in better news, though, Bron Breaker is now a SmackDown superstar. Would you do fair? Good move. Good yeah. move. I can't wait to see what Bron Breaker <laughs> does on SmackDown and being the one to dethrone Roman <laughs> Reigns, possibly as well, champion. <laughs> I can't wait to see how Triple H handles booking <laughs> booking uh, Bron Breaker. Ah uh, yes. Oh man, honestly though, I'm kind of I'm kind of I'm kind of excited because uh, to to the five people that do watch NXT, um, uh, man, <laughs> Breaker and Baron Corbin have actually been. Very I mean, all entertaining. I'm all I'm saying is right. All wrestling is improved by the presence of a Steiner on TV wrestling. Except for Rick, because fuck Rick Steiner. Oh, absolutely, fuck Rick Steiner as a person. Absolutely. But, but like, I mean, to be fair, fuck Scott Steiner. He's not a great person either. <laughs> but you know, they say that all Steiner's a queen. But, but, like, if, if you want compelling wrestling television, stick a Steiner with a live microphone and you'll probably get something good out of it. Yeah, you'll get something that you know what you you give any Steiner a microphone, you will definitely hear something you never thought you would hear out of a human mouth. That's what I'm saying. I'm looking for. I'm looking forward to. Uh, I'm looking forward to Brom Breaker's eventual uh, version of "Give Me a Fucking Mic" and fairness. This <laughs> is um, gonna be the uh, Brom Breaker and the purple hat. <laughs> oh man, could you imagine? Could you imagine if Triple H booked Bron Breaker to have the chain mail? <laughs> if he was, if he he'd do it, if he was bad, but he's not. I wonder if Madeja is still around. Nah, if he was, if he was bad, he, if he was bad, he would do it, but he's not. He ain't got that dog in him. 
He he Triple H could never have it in himself to accept that Scott Steiner is in fact cool. And again, I have many, many issues with Scott Steiner, but I will sit here and say I find him an infinitely more compelling compelling wrestler than Triple H. <laughs> All I'm saying not is- because he's ne- not because he's necessarily better or worse, but because you never know what the fuck is going to happen. And even though that's not actually the definition of suspense, it definitely makes me feel it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that sounds about right. That does sound about right. Oh man! But that's pretty much kind of most of the news coming out of. Uh... WWE that's kind of worthy of a mention. Uh, let's not forget everybody, and I will make this abundantly clear, that there is a civil lawsuit that is turning into a federal investigation going on, and we should never, never yes. ignore that fact. Thank you to the amazing um, actual journalists in the wrestling sphere who are keeping that story alive. Oh, Your yes. work is not going unnoticed, and we give you the highest of praise for doing that. Exactly. Because uh, I think it was Trevor Dame they're saying it's like it's not something we need to bang on about all the time and like keep it at the front all the time it's just we need to remind each other that this is in fact happening yeah yes um man other, and other- i should and which of which i should say as well um the recent implication that uh, stephanie was in fact actually aware of what happened to ashley masaru is absolutely just- horrible and unreal yeah and did nothing i just i it's oh Makes me angry. Just makes me Terrible angry. Times. Uh AEW. Um they're getting <clears throat> their shit together, and it's good to see that they're actually getting their shit together. All I can say is, right, CMLL's bringing in ratings. Oh, damn right, are they? We are in we are in the rebirth of the WCW Cruiserways. <laughs> <laughs> which is called just called AEW just book a couple CMLL guys every show and then the ratings go up. Don't care, man. I, I, I loved that. Uh, multi-man match, the trios match with them and uh, Black, uh, Black. It was great. Black Cup. Uh, if memory serves, it was great. Was it? Wasn't it Mascara Dorada, Volador Junior, and um, Echezero? Yeah, yeah, great match. And I believe they're running that back at Arena Mexico for CMLL. They I'm are so happy that Blackpool Combat Club are in Arena Mexico. I think it was some. I think it was something like they said. I think the moment they announced that, they sold seven hundred more tickets. That's. <laughs> so unbelievably based they're like i think they said arena mexico is like 600 tickets or so off being completely sold out so unbelievably based so i mean i I, i'm just here saying it that's cool as shit we're getting we're getting brian versus blue panther which again i mean Thank you, thank you to uh, CMLL for booking for the sickos out there. We we we, we appreciate. It. We're we're feast we're feasting rather well recently. I will say he's this. booking for the finally booking being done for the cool people. I will say this uh, as well. Um, give props to Adam Copeland for having an, a a very good match against Daniel. Yeah. Wilson. Um, it was very good. Very, very good match. Uh, it was nice to see Ares from Percy Jackson and the Olympians finally getting having a battle <laughs> worthy of that show. <laughs> oh my god! They're really starting to get it right with uh, with Garcia right now. Really, all, all I'm saying is, I want to see. Look, I look. Maybe it's just because it's me. I want to see the trunks and the long boy socks back. I don't like Garcia and the yeah. trousers. I want the long socks back. 
but maybe this is because I'm just a, a wrestling sicko as well, and that was be- that was like that was pure sicko Daniel Garcia. That was uh, <laughs> uh, as well as uh, Orange, uh, uh, Orange Cassidy having one hell of a match, a uh, Texas Death Match against Matt Taven, who. Who supported Switch Tinty Four saying that Matt Taven was in one hell of a match? Who took one hell of a table bump as well? I was gonna be there and say I don't know if my my brain will allow me to say that I'm I was impressed by Matt Taven. <laughs> and for the first time in forty years on this week's rampage, we had the Rhodes and the Von Erics teaming up in a in a six man tag match, which That's was cool. Thing to say That's genuinely uh, amazing to, to, to say um oh man dust i'm just uh this is dustin's last year and i and it's like i don't want to i don't want dustin to go it's like david Tennant and doctor who i don't want to go i don't want to see him go <laughs> i really don't want to see him go because he's just it's, it's still unbelievably good and there's a reason he's called the natural it's because even in his 50s he's still better than most wrestlers today just true. An absolutely, absolutely, weirdly, disturbingly great talent. So who who here wants to see the uh, the Von Erics face the Bordens in, in a in a tag <laughs> I mean, why the, not? The of I mean, look, all I'm, saying, all I'm saying, for, all I'm saying for all I'm saying for AEW is, if there was ever a time to bring in people related to the Von Erics, the time is now. <laughs> That is true, and I God, I need to get my I need to get my shit together and actually go and see it now that it's finally out in the UK. We yes, need to go and see yeah, it. Okay, yeah, that is that is that is very very true. We do need to do our episode. We do need to do the whole episode. Of what a recorder. Uh, what a red, well. What a yeah, but we need to go and see, we need to fucking go and see it first. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Apart from that, though, in terms of news wise, I don't think there's anything. I don't think there's anything else. I can't. Nothing that on the top of my head that I can think about. Dan. No. The the only the only other things I've had were obviously the announcements for the most recent Bloodsport event coming up, oh, um, and then yeah. also the and then also the Bloodsport Bushido, which is a Bloodsport event being run in Japan, which is cool as shit. Um, <clears throat> Uh, I know the most recent ones were the uh, the women's tournament, which looks pretty cool, which is being run like throughout the event. Uh, and obviously Nomura Abe on Bloodsport for the sickos out there. We already knew what we knew. <laughs> People about to catch up. Um, there was... Um, Matt, Mikowski- to know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Matt Mikowski versus Akira and Timothy Thatcher versus Axel Tisha, which is like, yes, I would enjoy that very much, please. <laughs> I'm looking forward. I mean, as I say, the, the, the Mania Week's always the week for the sickos, and I'm very I'm very much excited for this week's <clears throat> Mania Week. Uh, as I always am. As I always am, and I always let you guys abundantly know that I'm always looking forward to Mania Week rather than the actual event itself. Yeah, well, yes. if, the, if if Mania is as good as last year's night one, then I think we might be cooking. We might be cooking. We yeah. will find out. We should <laughs> see. All right, then. With that, uh, let's head on over to Recommendation Corner. Ridden, what have you got for us this week? Guys, how do you feel about the Minnesota Vikings? Not particularly strong in any way. They wear purple. Perfect. That's exactly <laughs> what I wanted to hear. My recommendation 
is Dorktown's history of the Minnesota Vikings. Hell yeah. <laughs> I have been a fan of John Boy's work for pretty much since he started actually yeah. making videos. One of the greatest internet age sports journalists. Just some of the most entertaining and fascinating stories. And the Minnesota Vikings is one of the most fascinating stories in the NFL. It is a story of the of the team that has been the most winningest team to never win the Super Bowl. And it is a absolutely at a certain point, it turns into a documentary. It turns from a documentary into two things. One, a Greek tragedy, because Jesus Christ, <laughs> some of these losses are some of the most painful shits I've ever seen in my life. And two, a absolutely stunning tribute to the head, to perhaps the greatest head coach they've ever had, Bud Grant, a man whose life story and general personality might make him one of the greatest people I've ever heard of. <laughs> Just an absolutely delight of a man. And by the end of the uh, by the end of the series, hearing about an 88-year-old man walking on a football pitch in short sleeves in the middle of one of the coldest games of the NFL will make you want to weep. <laughs> it is one of the most beautiful things I've ever had. And John Boyce does some of the most greatest descriptions I've ever heard. It is an absolute, it's a bit of a watch. It's nine hours altogether. But if you have the time to watch the full series, highly recommend it. I loved every single bit about it. Say, so, look, here, <clears throat> listen, uh, if you're not up to the latest YouTube trims, you'll, then you won't know that there are nine hour video essays that everybody watches. Yeah. That is a slight dig at something that happened to me this week. I am up to current YouTube trends, whether you like it or not. Sorry, I shouldn't be less bitter. Anyway. Um, no. I, I was going to say, um, for anyone as well, because uh, I'm also a very big John Boys fan, um, I highly recommend uh, the two-part video, uh, The Bob Emergency. Yes. That is like an all-timer. Just all time of video essay, let alone sports. It's it's absolutely all timer stuff. You'd never think that a guy talking about the name Bob for like an hour and a half could be so interesting. <laughs> I'm definitely gonna watch it because again, like I just like any John Boy's content is good. That's it. I'm just gonna watch it. Indeed. Yeah, no, that that is like I absolutely love that video. Um, like I said to you, the search for the saddest pun is also oh, great. Yes. Um, and then it's a slight, it's a slight offshoot one. Um, it's a video that he made with um, Kofi, where they drive they drive each other insane playing um, custom created like courses on like PGA Tour twenty one or something like that. It's hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> they are trying to keep it together while going insane. Oh, exactly. Oh, man. 
Good recommendation, Raiden. Very good recommendation this week. I will go and actually sort out and probably have that as my evening viewing tonight, actually. Please, please, and tell me and tell me what you think about Bud Grant afterwards. Because <laughs> ser seriously, seriously, one of the most based men I've ever heard of. He, he actually passed away, I, I think, a few months in, in 2023. Mm. But, like, legitimately rest in power. That man is incredible. Seriously. All righty. Okay, fellas. It is now time to really ponder the question. Just what the fuck is up with Mark Jindrak? Now, I must ask this question with another question. What was your reaction upon me telling you, uh, Lark, that he made an incredibly successful career for himself over at Mexico under the name of Marco Corleone? I had... Uh, basically two words separated by a question mark, by two question marks. What? Him? That's it. That's, that's it. That's all I've got. Do I, do I get given a free pass on this? Because this is technically my insanity which caused this. Yes. Yeah. Actually, yeah, you get a free pass on this one, Dan. Okay, because <laughs> so this, this came from God forever ago. Like a solid year and a half ago, where we were talk we were talking about something, or I was talking to Sam about something. Oh yeah, no, no, I remember. It was when we were, we were talking about um title reigns in Mexico and how they're treated differently compared to like the US. Mm. Yes. And I remember I was going through a list of like CMLL champions. And I found this guy and I was like, huh, okay, whatever. And I was like, that's him? <laughs> what the fuck? And then we got, and then I kind of got into this rabbit hole of finding out about all this stuff. And genuinely, my, my only response to it is him? <laughs> yeah. Just, it's just like, why? Why him? It, I don't it, get it. It, it, reminds, it reminds me of stuff like, you know, like we're all sports guys here, right? Mm. Absolutely. And, like, you know when there's a player who's, like, good. Like, he's, like, good at a certain level. And he kind of just goes off the radar. And then he, like, reappears somewhere. Mm. Like, yes. we've all, like, we've all been there, like, being, like, um, you know, we're watching, say, like, the Europa League or something. The Europa League is, like, the mid-level European football competition for clubs, <laughs> for, any, for the Americans listening. <laughs> Yes, we're talking about soccer. Um, yeah, <laughs> and it's like you'll be watching it, and then your like your team will come up against like some team from like Denmark or whatever. Yeah, and then you just get one of those random name players that like used to play in the Premier League like five years ago that's just disappeared off the face of the earth and then reappeared for this random Danish team. Yeah, and you're just like him. <laughs> What's he doing here? <laughs> and then you find out like he's having like the best season of his life, and you're just like, well, I mean, good for him, then I guess. Because <laughs> yeah. it's it's like I was with I was with um I was with a friend of mine, and we were, we were playing FIFA, and I we picked like random teams, and then on the team I was like, huh, 
that guy's name seems familiar to me. And I was like, let me let me look let me look this guy up. And I was like, oh, I know him. He used to play for them, and, and now he's just and now he's just here. Yeah. Oh gosh, the amount of players. I will say this, and I will call out. I will call out a certain team. The amount of players that came in and out of Arsenal that suddenly suddenly are ending up in a weird league in some other country that somehow making a yes. better career for themselves is there's so many. As, yeah. as, as a person, as a person that supports Arsenal, yes. <laughs> yeah, Arsenal players just end up cool. everywhere. What's Danny just Welbeck everywhere. doing these days? <laughs> he's he's playing for um not Watford. Um, oh, uh, Brighton. Oh, Danny Welbeck's playing for Brighton right, right now. What a weird ass place to Gabby end up. Gabby Agbon Lahore. No, it wasn't Agbon Lahore. Yeah, no. fucking Gabby Agbon Lahore. Oh, he's, well, he's making weird comments over in Talksport. No, it was Adebayor. Yeah, Adebayor. Oh, yes. Uh, he 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 just went any he just went anywhere that was willing to pay him enough. Exactly. <laughs> Which I will say for anyone that's interested, there's a great story about him and the 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 the, the weird things he the weird things he was going through while he was playing football. Yes. Like it's it's actually a really compelling story. Um, unfortunately, it just it just in con- in context of the time it happens in, it makes him look like a massive arsehole. It really, really <laughs> does. Oh, you know what? Perfect example of an arsehole player that went everywhere. Nawanko Kano. Yes. West Brom, then Portsmouth. Um, to 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 put this in to put this in American sports terms, it's like when you see a player who's played for like a team for a while, and then they pop up somewhere like the end of their career. It's like when people put the pic- the reaction picture of Shaq in a Celtics jersey. Yeah, that's disgusting. <laughs> like, they just randomly appear somewhere for like the end of their career. Like fucking Wizards Michael Jordan. <laughs> <laughs> like Corey Perry in the NHL. That's yeah, like exa- exactly yeah. like that. It's all it's all it's all those it's all those kinds of things. That's that's the kind of thing we're talking about. Yeah. So what I'm hearing, I'm here like like A Mark Jindrak had a six successful career in Mexico. I could be like, you know what? Maybe America just wasn't for him, maybe he vibed better with Mexico. Finding out he had like a ten plus long year career in Mexico is a separate thing. That's me yes. being like Huh. Okay. Really weird that he was such a consistent guy. I, I'm fairly sure he was with CMLL the entire time. Well, he did have an excursion to Triple R, but we will get okay. to that. But, Let's go over a brief. But then, sorry, just just quickly before we hit. Then finding out he had a title reign yes. and the time frame when the title reign happened is a whole different kettle of fish. Oh, we will get to that. We will get to that. Let's go over then for a quick brief overview of Martin Drax's American career. So. He get he trains in the power plant in WCW in nineteen ninety nine under the tutelage of Mr. Wonderful Paul Orndorff. <clears throat> Making his debut on a WCW Saturday night taping, teaming with the power plant trainee, Chuck Palumbo as the Soul Surfers. I kid you not, they were known as the uh, Soul Surfers. <laughs> what the fuck is a Soul Surfer? I know. It's it, I I don't know. And I, I imagine, you know what, I would have thought that it would have been kind of like, are they like dude bro surfers that listen to soul music? <laughs> I was going to say soul surfers sounds like the name for like a jazz backup band. <laughs> it does. Soul surfers to me sounds like sounds like a legion of, of ghosts <laughs> that possess people. 
That's what like, like I, I could pick, I could picture like a a bill reading reading. Reading like Winton Marsalis and the Soul Surfers, yeah, <laughs> yeah like that, that kind that, of that, Herbie funny. Hancock and the Soul Surfers. That's what you I'm. You know picturing. what? You know what? You're right. Holy <laughs> shit! <laughs> That's the kind of thing. Yeah, Doctor Lonnie, Doctor Doctor Lonnie Smith with special guests, the Soul Surfers. Like that's the kind of thing I'm thinking of. Yeah, but then, I like, think you're right. Miles, um, Miles Davis performs "Bitches Brew" with the Soul Surfers. <laughs> Like, but like that's the kind of thing that I'm like, yeah, okay, I can, I can see that, <laughs> I can see that being a thing. I, I equally also in my head, I had like the soul, the soul, the soul surfers is like these kind of weird avant-garde new age wrestlers. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so. Uh, it was after this that he was then quickly promoted to the main roster in June 2000 under the Vince Russo era. Performing a tag team with Sean O'Hare, but eventually, though, getting a brand new gimmick uh, known simply as Basket Case. This comes from Mark Jindrak's college history as a Division Three basketball player. Uh... I kid you not. Uh, it's, were... it's, it's a choice. That's all I can say. <laughs> if memory serves me right, he played basketball for the Kuka Kuka College. Yeah, uh, I I I saw the name. I didn't know how to how to say it. There, uh, I'm gonna say Kuka because Kayuka. that sounds funny. Mostly, I think it's Kuka Kuka. My my apologies to all of our American <laughs> listeners, but uh, that is the reason why he ends he ended up with the basketball gimmick. And I I gave you the picture. He came out in basketball shorts, wearing the uh, wearing the dunks with the long socks, the the sweatband and the headband as well. He came out bouncing a basketball. I shit you not. Like I like I like I said to to Hugh, he just looks like a two a mid two thousands indie wrestler. Literally, the only thing that separates him is the dunks and the headband. It really is. It really is. And the only thing is that they wouldn't a, a indie wrestler wouldn't wear dunks because they couldn't afford them. The only thing that's missing for the mid two thousands wrestler is if he came out to Nookie by Limp Biscuit. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> he needs to come out to the most. He must have come. He has to come out to the most aggressive, like vaguely new metal sounding track. It's just yeah. one of those days. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, what was the? What was that band? Not Drowning Pool. Um, trapped. No. Trapped. <laughs> trapped. There oh, we go. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. Jesus, I haven't thought that, trapped in that years. Is, they are they are the two thousands indie wrestler band. Yeah, they so they so are. Right, he was quickly relieved of Basket Case, becoming uh, Mark Jindrak, teaming with Sean O'Hare, and it would form help with along with O'Hare. Jindrak would form the stable known as the Natural Born Thrillers. It was a load of power plant graduates. Jindrak, O'Hare, Sean Stasiak, Chuck Palumbo, Reno, Johnny the Bull, Bowley. And of, of course, which I have to say, absolute freakazoid stable. Absolutely. And of course, the main man himself, Coach Mike Sanders. <laughs> Like I don't, I don't know what they were doing. Well, I mean, I do know what they were doing at the at the power plant, which was a lot of steroids. But um, <laughs> absolute freakazoid production center. All I'm saying is, like, Reardon, you you laugh, but literally, that the stable was just roidy roids, roidy roids. 
Like they are just absolutely stacked up to the gills. <laughs> they they so were, and, and, and uh, they were at, for briefly for a time in September of two thousand. O'Hare and Jindrak would win the WCW Tag Team Championships, and it was at that time as well that they were briefly managed by Big Sexy Kevin Nash. <clears throat> Which it, also I do have to say, the Natural Born Thrillers is an unreal name. <laughs> that is a great name. Like it go, it goes so unbelievably hard. Absolutely, it absolutely does. Um, eventually, though, Jindrak and O'Hare would be would split, with O'Hare teaming with Palumbo and Jindrak teaming with Stasiak. Eventually, that was quickly dropped in two thousand and one, where um, Jindrak was taken off of television as the financial situation of WCW proved to be too much, and of course, they would be bought out eventually by WWF. As part of the purchase, and the thirty, and I think it was thirty or forty contracts that were bought out. Jindrax was one of them that was bought out by the WWF. Eventually, of course, being part of the whole uh, uh, invasion storyline uh, with the alliance. And of yeah, course we know how that all all uh, turns out. Uh, eventually, though, come Survivor Series when that was all being set up, he was taken off of TV was moved to developmental at OVW, training there until March 2002, where he would eventually end up suffering, unfortunately, a knee injury, would return in July, and eventually start having matches, dark matches, and Sunday night heat matches here and there. Of course, he would be called up in 2003, teaming with Garrison Cade. Do you remember that bloody tag team? Yeah, with Mark Jim I remember Garrison, Garrison Well, I remember Garrison Cade. <laughs> That was very short-lived. Um, I mean, they had a WrestleMania tag team match under their card at WrestleMania 20, which they failed to win, that fatal four-way match for the World Tag Championships. Eventually, he would be drafted over to SmackDown, where he would uh, debut his narcissist gimmick, basically staring at himself and his abs in the mirror, being managed by Teddy Long, of all people. <laughs> don't I... worry about it. Yeah, don't think about it. Uh... <laughs> Uh, eventually having a, an, a sort of alliance with Kurt Angle and Luther Reigns, and that would kind of be the last thing he would do. He would eventually, he was, would, would you believe he was one of the last minute trades in the 2005 draft, returning him yes. back to Raw, but he never re-debuted on Raw and was released. That sounds like a very, very WWE thing to do. Also, Luther Reigns mentioned. Uh, did you know at this time, though, Mark Jindrak was trying to seek other adventures outside of professional wrestling? Believe it or not, he actually auditioned for a part in Remember the Titans. Oh, my God. Whoa, 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 whoa. Hang on. <laughs> that That is a shot from very far left field. He auditioned for one of the parts as one of the football players in Remember the Titans, but uh, but failed to get it. <laughs> I okay look look I I I don't know how I can say this respectfully but remember the titans is legitimately one of the greatest sports films of all time yes yeah. It did not need Mark Jindrak. I'm sorry. <laughs> there's, there's no other way for me to say it like <laughs> What do you mean? Obviously, it could have used former D3 basketball player Mark Jindrak as one of the football players. What, you trying to say that Ryan Gosling wasn't good enough for that to hold up that film? 
But like, so what? You he, he, but like, th- this this just opens up like a whole separate thread in my head because all this is just making me think of is it's just like, so like, he was he wanted to be one of the one of like the football players, but not like a necessarily on screen role. Yes, no, like I have so many questions about it. Like, does he was just want to be one of the football players? Did he want to be one of the racist football players? Is there, <laughs> is there, is, 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 there, is, is there a reality where? Where Mark Jindrak shares a scene with Denzel fucking Washington. Hey, you know what? That could have that could have put out that could have brought the uh that could have brought the uh the the the, uh, the trading day speech very quickly into a different film. Ping Kong and got shit on. <laughs> Mark Jindrak was one of the racist. I love the I love the implication of did he want to be one of the racist ones? Yeah, like yeah, that's that is my first question. And also, <laughs> and also, and also, Sam, that's Training Day. That's yeah, Training I was Day. Say, could you imagine that was a one year early and in Remember the Titans? He is marching drag against Denzel Washington to go. You came strong. He got shit on. I just like I. I have so many questions about that. What what again? Res- no, I can't. I can't even say it respectively. What business did Mark Jindrak think he was gonna do? On Remember the Titans, unbelievable. I'm sorry. Go I think continue it, on. I frankly just think it opens up a very, very interesting prospect. <laughs> what is that? <laughs> the uni- the uni- the universe where Mark Jindrak is a small bit part actor. <laughs> Alongside Ryan Gosling, but I digress. Um, anyway, 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 where were we? Oh yeah, Mark Jindrak's uh, career. Football player Jones. So, uh, li- uh, upon leaving and uh, following his departure from the World Wrestling Entertainment, I can't believe I said the World Wrestling Entertainment. I was about to say the what? The world. <laughs> I was going to say I-, I I went Bret Hart there for a second. I'm going to the WCW. <laughs> anyway, holy fuck, that guy's huge. Now. Um, <laughs> Uh, Jindrak would actually tour New Japan in 2006, mainly being used in low-card matches and mostly being used as a jobber. Though, he did pick up a surprise win over Asamu Nishimura, believe it or not, Dan. Interesting. Now, I mean, again, though, equally, like, I mean, I can't believe New Japan weren't showing respect to known shooter Mark Jindrak. uh, I can't finish that without laughing. Now, fellas, it gives me great pleasure to say that soon after that tour, uh, I believe it was a one and and done tour of New Japan, came and went. Jindrak would soon gather uh, another employer over in Japan, debuting for Hustle. Oh, oh my god. That, but that that's like the most expected thing so far. Of he he to be fair, he's ex fed. That's like prime moments for Hustle. Uh, that's what they want immediately. Taking on the moniker of Sodom, he would team up with the with the man known as Gamora, who was of course Matt Morgan. <laughs> Oh. Now, Sodom and you're Gamora. telling me you're. I'm sorry, you are telling me there was a tag team of Mark Jindrak and Matt Morgan, and I didn't know about it. And of course, they were known as Sodom and Gamora. I don't care. <laughs> Matt Morgan and Mark Jindrak, the two, the two former Fed body guys. That's an unreal combination of people. We're just gonna. That, I was gonna that say. is that is the most both expected and yet 
I'm unaware that completely existed combination of people. They're basically the same person, although arguably Mark Jindrak can actually like jump, whereas Matt Morgan would try and jump and his knees would collapse. We're just we're not we're just gonna bypass the religious uh, the religious reference there. <laughs> so, yeah. Well, look, right. That, <laughs> I mean, look, right. There's there's big implications in that. But a, I'm not a religious person, so I'm not equipped to talk on that. And B, this is taking place in Japan, where the acknowledgement of religious undertones is both incredibly overt and yet completely unaware. Again, I would like to say to people, if you've ever played like a Final Fantasy game, you've probably sat through some kind of major biblical allegory that, that only in there because the creator thought, that looks cool. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, fellas, there is one little thing before we get to Mexico that I failed to mention that is always mentioned when the name Mark Jindrak is brought up. How he almost joined Evolution. <laughs> Oh, oh yeah, that's a fair point. This bit makes I... me laugh <clears throat> so much. <laughs> oh, how in the fuck was he in the conversation for that? Now, here's the no. thing that you need to know, Rian, and about Mark Jindrak and his almost joining of Evolution. Him and Randy Orton over in OVW were actually really good friends. As a matter of fact, they were actually ah. ribbing. They were actually ribbing buddies. They would pull a lot of pranks on a lot of guys. Um, hey, Randy, let me hold this guy's bag open. <laughs> Yeah, oh, no gosh. legit, no legit. <laughs> they would do that sort of stuff. I was gonna say the S H I T, but then realizing that I shouldn't yes. really use that word when we're talking about Randy Orton and gym bags. Um, so yeah, they were constantly like buddies in ribbing people and arriving late to shows, all of that nonsense. So Randy was the one that put in the word for Mark Jindrak to be the the muscle of evolution. Uh, to the point, as everybody knows, uh, Mark Jindrak filmed vignettes and had still shots taken of him with evolution which is a wild prospect when you remember that again this was mark jindrak in place of batista yeah <laughs> which is a what again a wild concept to think about that there's a universe where everything that happens with batista happens with mark jindrak you know what you know... are we going to talk about accomplished actor mark jindrak that could you know what man, for the I... <laughs> <laughs> God, if he had done that, he would have. <laughs> he he was the one that took the role of Sapper Morton in Blade Runner twenty forty nine. You were supposed to be my friend. <laughs> oh man. Oh, I was gonna say. All I'm saying is, I don't want to see the world where Mark Jindrak's wearing the tiny no. glasses in Blade Runner. <laughs> I don't want to see that. Those tiny glasses are suited to Batista and Batista only. <laughs> uh, we no one's made tiny glasses look as good as Batista does. Legit, I don't want to actually live in the alternate universe where Mark Jindrak was cast in a studio G. But it, film. It, it, <laughs> it's 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 just an it's just an insane concept that there was a point where they were looking they had, they were looking at Mark Jindrak and Batista and were like, maybe it's him. <laughs> <laughs> That's no heat on the guy. It's just it feels like a wild idea, knowing everything we know now at this point. Yes, ex exactly, exactly that. Oh man, but uh, no, I feel like uh, this is the only time I will ever give Ric Flair and Triple H. Maybe you know what? No, you made the right decision in asking in, in looking at Batista and going, "Yeah, that's our guy." That's the yeah. only credit I will ever give them. 
God. God, could you ever imagine to feel like knock on the cabin with Mark Jindrak and Rupert Grimm? <laughs> that would be very, very strange. <laughs> so strange. <laughs> anyway. Okay. No. Now, now I have to ask this question. Okay. If there, if there, if there was a film role played by a wrestler that you could replace with another wrestler, who would it be? Oh. 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 Um. Brian Danielson in the Rundown. <laughs> okay. Okay. Because <laughs> I just want to see what, what what that would look like acting alongside Sean William Scott. You know, that's a fair one. That's a fair one. Oh god. Brian Danielson Ooh. acting with Christopher Walker. <laughs> oh man, I'm not sure. I'm not sure. Do you got one? Do you got one, Dan? Um, I was thinking like um something something along the something along the lines of uh could i get like oh who would who would be who would be good for this um oh, i would i would i would like to see a, an alternate version of they live with a different wrestler than roddy but Ooh. someone that's e- but someone that's equally insane that'd be interesting that'd be you know you know what be interesting Moxley. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> no, no, you know, you know who, you know what would be interesting. You know what actually would be interesting. As as great as he is in that movie, I want to see like, I want to see like the Undertaker take take Jesse Ventura's spot in Predator. That's what I, I want. Serve your country. <laughs> I would very, ha- I'd very happily have Batista in Predator. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, no, he would fit perfectly. But you see, you see, the problem is he would fit too well. Yeah, that's the thing. Paul White is Isaac in Princess Bride. Oh my god! Oh, would actually, you know what? He'd do a great job. <laughs> yeah, he would do a fantastic job. Honestly. Can, we re- can we replace Andre with the Great Carly? <laughs> 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 oh, I want to oh. see that fight scene <laughs> God. All right. Yeah, Maybe I think that's I good. Think... Princess Bride? Uh, <laughs> right, anyway. back to where Mike did drag. Yes, let's go on over to his career. In late 2006 at Consejo Mundial de Lucha Libre, CMLL. No longer going as Mark Jindrak, but fully embracing his Italian heritage. Now under the name of Marco Corleone. Of course, derived and inspired by the Godfather films. Also, I, I feel like I feel like the word inspired is doing a lot of very heavy lifting there. Yes, yes. You I might think. even call it a very operative word. <laughs> this is Mexico. They're not... Remember, <laughs> one of Chris Jericho's proposed gimmicks when he went over there was He-Man. Literally, I mean, I... He-Man. I did speak about Arachnoman not yes. too long ago, so <laughs> that kind of goes a lot of the way to explaining it. <laughs> so, further accentuating his Italian-American heritage, he would put on an Italian accent and align... Uh, an ally, I should say, with fellow WCW and WWE alumnus Johnny Stamboli, who was making his career over in CMLL. Yes, this is shortly before he would become Relic uh, in in TNA. Yes, did you know, guys? That Relic guys, did you know that Relic is killer backwards? <laughs> I'm Relic, and you're gonna die. <laughs> oh my god. 
Now, he was originally booked as a heel, a, a, a foreign Rudo, eventually turning Technico because of, would you believe it, unwavering crowd support for Marco Corleone. What can I say? They're, they're, big, on, they're big on Mark Jindrak in Mexico. Mostly because... Of <laughs> or maybe they're, just very big, maybe they're just very big fans of uh, the Godfather, I don't know. I, I think it's got to be that, right? Right. A Come little on. bit of that, but also he was actually really learning... And learning how to embrace doing more um, Lucha Libre. He was actually doing a lot more. He was going back to the power plant days where they would have big guys doing huge dives off of the top rope, doing top rope Absolute. Like, topes and stuff. <laughs> if in doubt, return to Freakazoid. He literally returned to Freakazoid and got him over massively again i i need to sh i need to stress this to people if you don't think that sean o'hare isn't the coolest thing in the universe when you see it at the time bro no one's ever seen someone that big do a swanton <laughs> you dab you dab you it's dab, absolutely dab. unreal so he was gaining and gathering a lot of fan support hence why he would end up turning face now it was 2008, he was still making a, a, a name for himself in Mexico, doing the tours, getting that fan support. Would you... I found this so funny, and I found the news story for it as well. It was announced in 2008 that uh, Corleone had officially been banned for performing in Tijuana for one year due to the fact that he pulled down the tights of his opponent during a match, and that opponent flashed everybody in the audience. That is very funny. That is very, oh, very funny. That in in the in the wider prospect of like Lucha Libre and everything to do with that, the thing that got him banned for a year was he pulled down his opponent's tights. <laughs> Ridiculous. Uh, so it, it was during this time as well that, of course, with with him getting more notoriety and building up the card here and there, he was mostly involved in multi-man matches, two out of three falls, trios matches, uh, and tag matches. Very rarely, seldom rarely, was he ever part of a um, of a, a, a single one-on-one -on -one match. But most of the highlights here, so, so weird, especially in 2008, where he was teaming with Mystico, uh, with alongside Hector Gaza as well to defeat like to, on matches, multi-man matches that usually involved Atlantis, Blue Panther, uh, Liz Mark Jr., uh, El Tejano Jr., Villano Five. There was a really weird um, Grand Prix Internacional tournament uh, match that happened, like a like a, basically you could say it was like a, a multi-man battle royal match. That happened at the Super Vernes uh, card in July of 2008. That also involved, well, it involved Marco Corleone, but it also involved Ultimo Guerrero, Volador Jr., okay. Hector Garza, Dr. Wagner Jr., Alberto Del Rio, of course. AJ Styles. Oh, what? 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 Hang on. What? Jay Lethal, Sonjay Dutt, Alex Shelley, Chris Sabin, among a few, among a couple of others as well. <laughs> What the fuck is going on, man? What are you saying to me? I believe what are you so they saying really, to me? really, they really just had like everyone, literally everyone in that match, including, of course, Marco Corleone. A lot of those guys, of course, Lucha Libres, Luchadors, High Flyers, and there was the massive, tall as fuck, built as like out of granite, Mark Jindrak in the middle of all of this. 
<laughs> Alright, this brings us to his little time in R in 2009 to 2010. Still under his Marco Corleone ring name, made a surprise jump to R, appearing as a surprise corner man for Vampiro during the Rey de Rea show in 2009. Corleone was the man to win, help Vampiro win the match against Triple R's top heel at the time, Conan. God damn it. <laughs> of course it was Conan. Why, why would it be anyone other than Conan? Most notably, Corleone would team with Latin Lover uh, at Triple Mania to take on La Hermandad uh, Herman oh, sorry. <clears throat> La Hermandad 187, the team of Nicho El Milionaro and Joe Lida. Yeah, it was a tag team championship match, but they were unsuccessful in that time. Now, he was part... <coughs> uh, he was shortly after that released from RRR, with Jindrak stating later that they only initially signed into a one-year deal and decided, you know what, we're good. We're good. You can go. We don't mind. We don't really want you anymore. You can go. Interesting choice by RRR, though. So, of course, the Pedos de Mal, which was a faction and eventually ended up being a promotion during this time in 2010, did sign Jindrak uh, at this time, but seldom really made an appearance for Peros del Mar under, uh, uh, as Marco <laughs> now this is a time where I very rarely get to talk about this but I get to talk about MTV's Lucha Libre show Lucha Libre USA now hold on a second <laughs> I don't think we've ever mentioned this <laughs> I'm so glad that I get to mention this after from the fallout of Wrestling Society X which is a whole different thing that we need to talk about in the future. Yes, we do need to talk. We need to do need to do a Wrestling Society X episode. MTV ended to delve in once more into the world of professional wrestling, but this time into Lucha Libre, but having a US twist to that, having their own US Lucha Libre promotion known simply as Lucha Libre USA or LL USA. Their flagship show on MTV2 would be known as Lucha Libre USA Masked Warriors. This ran for two no, seasons, no. believe it or not, for 21 episodes and was slightly a success, but never really kind of gotten out of where it really was in the grand scheme of things. I think it was a very late night showing as well on MTV2 before eventually being shit canned to Hulu in 2012 for its last bunch of episodes. But would you believe that Alex Abrahantes was one of the producers for LLUSA, Dan? That makes sense, though, because uh, he, he was working in just general TV anyway. Exactly. Uh, alongside uh, Stephen <coughs> Ship and Louis Silverstein as well. Now, there was, was only... it? A fam famed famed um, home shopping channel presenter, Alex Abrahantes, I'll have you know. Oh, yes, I forget, the, forget that. Yes, My that apologies. is what he does outside of wrestling. <laughs> My apologies, I did forget that. But there were only two championships, the, the LLUSA Tag Championships. Uh, which was uh, held every so often, uh, was only had three holders of the title. Uh, the last ones being the tag team of The Right, the team of John Recon and P.T. Williams. Of course. Uh, uh, why, why, it... why, would it, why would it not be P.T. Williams? Uh, of course, the, uh, <laughs> uh, the, the world title was only ever held four times, eventually being held the last time by R.J. Brewer. Um... 
only famously known for being in Lucha Libre USA. Had a run in Ring of Honor in in the in the two thousands. Almost had isn't a run that in... just like basically anyone though? Yeah, let's be honest. Yeah, <laughs> like without being rude, that's kind of just if you say they had a run in Ring of Honor in the two thousands, you could be saying anyone. <laughs> But there was also a lot of people that actually were part of LLUSA. Uh, Shane Helms was part of it at one point. So was Carlito. Nice. Blue Demon Jr. Oh, wow. And Liz Mark were also part of it. As I said, P.T. Williams was part of it. So was <clears throat> uh, Super Crazy. Psychosis. Tatanka. Yes, Tatanka was part of Lucha Libre of USA. Of course Tatanka okay, was. Why would, I, why would I not expect Tatanka to be part of it? <laughs> and here we go. Uh, but also, mate, on the female side uh, of, of Lucha Libre USA, Jacqueline and Awesome Kong were part of, as well as Melina, actually, were all part of uh, were all part of the female roster, which, honestly, that's not a bad roster, of, of, just to name a yeah. few of them, uh, to have in your ranks, in your, in your promotion. But that was short-lived. Uh, he did challenge unsuccessfully a few times for the heavyweight champion uh, for the heavyweight championship in Lucha Libre USA. Eventually, though, always being ousted and bettered by RJ Brewer and Liz Mark Jr., who also had a run with that heavyweight championship. All this, though, he did return to CMLL in 2011. He returned in December of 2011, making his turn, teaming with Maximo and Roosh. To defeat the team of Mr. Nigla, uh, Negra Casas, and Rey Bucanaro in a two out of three falls trios match. Now, this is the problem that I, this is the bit that I started talking about that I have a problem with, which is I'm starting to see names I probably recognize. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and this is where it starts getting weird for me to think about because I'm like, ah, these are people who I know and I'm aware that they were wrestling at this period in time. Now, why the hell do I know them in relation to Mark Jindrak? <laughs> It's, it's really get to that, isn't it? So this was, It is. Apparently, this trio of Corleone, Rush, and Maximo was so popular and so over that they actually became a proper trio's team. First given the name of La Tercia Sensation, eventually, though, changing to El Bufute del Amor. If, if, my apologies for butchering that. As I said, I am learning Spanish as much as I possibly can, so I apologise for butchering the pronunciation of that, everybody. <laughs> but they would go on to eventually win the World Trio Championships in 2012, defeating the team of Los Hios del Averno, the team of Averno, Efesto and Mephisto. Eventually, though... Uh, they they would end up losing those. I believe. Oh, actually, no. I I'm I'm getting a little ahead of myself. I'm getting a little ahead of myself. They would have lose those eventually. But before that, God, in the Universal Championship tournament that was taking place in in mid 2012, Corleone was bested by Hiroshi Tanahashi in the quarterfinals. I I don't even the, know what to say anymore. The ace of New there Japan. is a there is a fucking universe. There is a match out there that I might be able to find of Mark Jindrak versus Hiroshi Tanahashi. That is the kind of thing that should only exist in the absolute depths of someone's cage match profile. <laughs> This happening in the quarterfinal of a tournament. Two Fair is actually kind of the right setup for this, but Mark Jindrak faced Hiroshi Tanahashi in 2012. <laughs> <laughs> oh, gosh. Oh, so, it was also during this time that El Bafute, 
Corleone's trio, trio's team would end up having a rivalry with then Mexican national trio's champions, Los Invasores, which was the team of Creneo, Volador Jr. and S.A. Rios, Mr. Aguilar. <laughs> see, but like, I expect to see S.A. Rios at this point. <laughs> <laughs> so they would eventually just end up going for the World Trio's Championships, which was always on the line at this time, with uh, El Bufute always getting the upper hand of those of those of the of the other opposing trios team each occasion eventually though they would end up being stripped of the trios championships after Corleone would end up suffering a big old knee injury as a result of the stripping of the titles he would return from injury in August of 2013 teaming with La Sombra Andrade and Roosh to defeat the team of Averno, Mephisto and Volador Jr. in a two out of three falls trios match. I'm hearing too many names I recognize. <laughs> Corleone and Roosh though in 2014 in a most notable thing of his of his career would end up defeating El Terrible, uh, El Terrible and Rey Escorpion to win La Copa CMLL. Uh, so Unfortunately, though, this is where I bring up a really weird thing at this time. Uh, it's one of the weird things as well, is that uh, uh, one of the really things that always keeps keeps getting brought up during this time when he was teaming with Rouge was that there was a very notable incident come December of 2014, where during a match with El Terrible, Corleone was knocked unconscious, hitting the back of his head on a ring rope. Oof. Oof. It, no, the whiplash, knocked it, the whiplash knocked him out. Um, as, again, people... Hitting the ring ropes at full velocity can do huge damage if you're not careful. Oh yeah, um, th that that whiplash effect that Nathan Frazier had that one time where his head went, uh, his head and neck went under the rope as he hit it, and he kind of caught himself uh, doing that. Of course, the Enzo More thing where he knocked himself out doing a baseball slide and hit the bottom rope. When you hit them, if you hit them at full velocity, they can do huge damage to you. But he managed to regain consciousness pretty quickly. And from all reports and from the doctors in the ringside, apparently he was well enough to keep going. This would be the time, of course, being being allied with La Sombra and Rouge, that Corleone would become part of Los Ingobernables. Which, again, is an insane concept to me. <laughs> Corleone and Rouge would un unsuccessfully challenge Negro Casas and Shocker for the World Tag Team Championships in March of 2015, but this wouldn't deter Corleone as he would become um, a very established member of the original LI stable at this time. Come 2017, Corleone would defeat Euphoria, Dragon Rojo Jr., El Terrible, Gran Guerrero, Cranio, Mr. Nebula, Piroff, Rey Bucanero, and Rouge in a Torneo Cybernetico elimination match to win his very first CMLL World Heavyweight Championship. The very first singles title of his entire career. I... He got the World Heavyweight Championship, guys, in 2017. And this is the thing, this is the thing that fucks with my brain. We're, we're talking like not that far removed at this point. Like this is this is 2017, right? Yeah, yeah. He's over as Rover in Mexico at this point. Like, 
I'm I'm just pull I'm just like pulling up a a, a roster list, right? <laughs> but like, just talking like context, just talking like contextually, like in WWE at this point, there's lots of people that we like all recognize and stuff. Like this isn't like <laughs> mm. this is recent, recent. <laughs> <laughs> It's in, it's insane to me that it happened at that point in time. <laughs> that like, because what? Who would have been? Who would have been champion around this time in two thousand seventeen? Oh gosh, um, gosh, who would it have been? Um, it would have been vacated at this point, if memory serves me correct. Hence why the Cybernetico match happened, if memory serves me correct. No, like, w like WWE. Oh, WWE in 2017. Oh, gosh, that would probably have been AJ Styles and Dean Ambrose at that point. Like, that's a wild concept. <laughs> Wait, what, when, when, when does this happen? Uh, when in 2017? June of 2017. Uh, okay, yeah, so we're, we've, we are one month removed from the Jinder Mahal title reign. Ah! <laughs> That's an insane concept to think about. Well, like, that Mark, is genuinely an insane concept. That Mark Jindrak yeah. and Jinder Mahal were one point the top of they, their they, 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 are, they, are they are considered contemporary to each other at that point. <laughs> I, I'm, I know I've been quite silent in this one, but just because I'm just sitting here completely dumbfounded by every single detail I'm hearing... Yeah. Like, I, feel that, I feel like that's justified. <laughs> He, Just... I was going to say, this is where the story kind of comes to a little bit of an abrupt halt here. As he made one successful defense against El Pedible in, uh, I believe it would have been in June, of uh, uh, June 18th, so about two weeks after he won the championship. Uh, about a month later, though, he had to vacate the title due to injury, and thus confirmed his departure from CMLL, wrestling his final date in March of 2018 for that company. What did he do afterwards? Well, he didn't wrestle much, if any, at all. Until 2022, where he came back to Mexico, teaming with Chris Masters and L.A. Park <laughs> to take on La Fasion Ingobernable. I love Mexico. I love Mexico. I'm sorry. You've just told me there's a team of LA Park Chris Masters and Mark Jindra. Oh, also, he ended up at one point having that team changed where LA Park was swapped out for Carlito. Um, I... You know what, right? All I can say, all I can say is this: I'm gonna salute and I'm gonna say, God bless you, CMLL. Thank you for the WWE Universe mode booking. <laughs> <laughs> this does not answer my question. As we now probably ponder the question: What just what the fuck up is with what is there? What the fuck is up with Martin? I. Well, clearly, clearly, he's got to be over fucking huge in Mexico. Mexico love him. Maybe it's that American Italian thing. Maybe it's Godfather. Maybe it's the Sopranos, the Godfather. I don't Maybe. Know. I. Oh, I. 
You know, by the end of this this episode, I was hoping to have like an answer, like an art, like my actual theory, right? Yeah. But this feels like this feels like this feels like a Cohen Brothers movie. Well, I have no, yeah. I have no, I have no idea. I don't know what to say to this. <laughs> this is the most burn after reading shit I have ever heard in my life. Oh, Just... does, it, does it come as no surprise to you, uh, Reardon, that Mark Jindrak, during his time in Mexico, was also made guest appearances in telenovelas? No, at this point, why not? <laughs> at this point, why the fuck not, right? <laughs> just let's just go full into the twilight zone here i i'm you know what i'm think if this is how we're ending it i'm i, I think my final thoughts are simply this i i am glad that mark jindrake got to do what he was good at i'm glad he got to make a living but i do not understand <laughs> <laughs> That it's ju it's just insane to think about time wise, because like just the fact that he was so like so over for such an extended period of time, and like was just kept kept going, yeah, <laughs> yeah. and like unaware to like most people is just like unreal i know it sounds really weird i can only equate mark jindrak's run in mexico and his popularity there to vampiro's run in mexico and how he was so yeah. popular over yeah. there but not very much elsewhere in north america yeah i i guess the moral of the story is two things one find your place in the world and mm -hmm. two Sometimes in life, shit just happens. All right, kids, we're going to Tijuana. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, you'll be sad to know that over my, my short period, quickly, of trying to find the Hiroshi Tanahashi Marco Corleone match, I've been unsuccessful. However, I did find video of the uh, Marco Corleone Maximo and the shot and Shocker versus Hiroshi Tanahashi Amagwe and Puma. <laughs> I'll take it. Yeah, yeah, I'll take that. <laughs> oh, man. Well, a very brief run through of this. I don't think we need to dwell on this for more for any longer, if I'm gonna be honest with you, Fed. <laughs> no, it's just a wild concept. Of, I guess we forget about, like, the thing of wrestlers going to other places and then becoming successful. Because it's like the thing of, like, the, the endless meme of, like, oh, but did you see their Japan run? Yeah, <laughs> when we're talking of when we're talking about like Albert <laughs> <laughs> and guy and guys like that going off and having like bits of success, it's like I don't know why, but I feel like S Scott Norton's way more of a joke to like people in the US. True. But like as a wrestler, he's like incredibly successful. <laughs> I will say this: I will defend, and will always with this sort of thing. I will always defend. I and and these two know this. I will always defend Norman Smiley's run in Mexico. <laughs> yeah, absolute based run. That's because <laughs> he was going crazy. Was CMLL world champion at one point as well? Yeah, it's just like you know. There's 
I, I think, again, we, part of it is people forget that there's a whole world of wrestling out there. And obviously people go through and do stuff. And like, what is what works for one person doesn't work for another. Yeah. But like, also, it's just like some people just find ways to make it click in certain places. Exactly. Yeah. And if that happens to be, if that happens to be Mexico, like 12 years after the fact, then it's Mexico 12 years after the fact. Because mm. like easily, like he could have just gone like the rest of the, like the rest of the guys like that, who were like ex power plant guys who went to WWE and just kind of disappeared into like nothing. Mm. They pick up like a couple TNA bookings here and then now they're there, like however old and they're like, Accepting bookings onto your random indie show, or they end up becoming producers at WWE. <laughs> like he forged a legit career for himself, and again was fucking CMLL champion in 2017. Yeah, the more you know, <laughs> you can't, you can't, you can't, you can't argue with the hustle. Exactly, can't argue with the hustle. Exactly. Well, I can't think of a better way to end this episode rather than that, gentlemen. <laughs> can you? No. Hey. <laughs> a short one but a nice one because as i said i don't think i think i feel like we might be we might lose our minds if we go on for it much longer <laughs> i might i need i'm just gonna be staring into the staring at the sky asking for answers that's it <laughs> <laughs> oh well that was a fun one if if, if, if ever if, if there was one Ah, oh, shame Melee couldn't arrive, but we did find out and actually get confirmation as we were recording. Melee snowed out, so he couldn't actually join. Oh, oh dear. <laughs> well, I hope I hope by the time this this episode comes out that he is not snowed. But it's Jesus. New York, you never know. <laughs> yeah. Alrighty, uh, everybody. Next episode is actually going to be a bit of a surprise because I need to get confirmation. That a guest that we've been wanting on for the longest time is actually indeed available for this one. Okay. But the hope is, if they are, it's going to be one that we've been wanting to do for the longest time. And one that I've been wanting to do for the longest time. For those who have listened, for those that know who I am and who I who I love in terms of Japanese wrestling, I think you know the person in question I'd be talking about. Hopefully we can get them on. We can get this episode finally in the can. Hopefully. We will let you know with confirmation as the week progresses. But until the next episode, I have been Sam. This has been Dan, Reardon, and Melee Hellbot in an igloo. And you've been listening to the Sweet Chin Bag Podcast. We will see you, as always, on the next one. Hey, everybody. Bye-bye.